Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are reading Matthew 2, 7 through 12. But before we jump in, a quick announcement. Join the Journey 2024. If you are just jumping in for Advent season, we are so glad you're here reading along with us. But Join the Journey is actually a year-long Bible reading plan. And in 2024, we are thinking and feeling God's way, taking a look at the books of poetry and the books of wisdom. So in January, we will be starting in the book of Proverbs. You can find Find all the information at jointhejourney.com or in this episode description. But all that said, that's January. Today, I am in the studio as we've been bringing on young adults all month long. Today, we've got one of their leaders, my good friend, Josiah Jones. Woo! Let's go. Join the journey, fam. It's so good to be with you. Josiah, I am glad you're here. What a gift. I would love for you to just kick us off by sharing what God has done in your life and then what you're up to today. Yeah, well, I'm pumped to be with y'all uh, today. My story's uh, pretty simple. I mean, I grew up in Fort Worth, Texas, Cowtown. So nice, not too those far. Those of you that been in uh, or been at Billy Bob's, hey, let's go, little two step in action. So I grew up in Fort Worth and uh, did not grow up in the faith. I mean, I, my parents divorced at a young age. We had somewhat of a foundation. We would go to church, but divorce uh, took a toll on on my life and my faith and. Never got plugged back into church at the most pivotal years of my life. Uh, the end of grade school, middle school, high school did not darken the door of the church. And then went off to college and was just living for the world, played college baseball. And that was an idol of mine for many, many years and lived the party life and just did that that type of lifestyle. And it brought me a lot of emptiness and unfulfillment, unsatisfaction, felt like Solomon and Ecclesiastes, chasing everything under the sun but couldn't really grab onto anything. And, uh, and God uh, got a hold of me at the end of my junior year of college and allowed me to see, see my sin for what it was in light of a holy God. And uh, he just saw, I saw that clearly and uh, stopped making excuses for my sin, stopped comparing my life to other people. Because when you do that, you can always find someone worse than you, which gives sure. you security in the fact that you're not that bad. Mm-hmm. And I finally started comparing my life to Jesus and uh, my mouth was all was stopped of all justification. And so uh, cried out to God to forgive me of my sin, went and played college baseball that summer, started, kind of had a new fresh, a, a fresh start, if you will. Were the guys on your team thinking, what in the world's going on? Yeah, they, on were, they were like, oh, this is a fad. He'll yeah, be back he'll with be us. Back. And I'm like, guys, I don't think so. But the school semester had ended, baseball season was over. So God like put me on a brand new team in North Carolina where I played summer ball that, that summer. And I got to start fresh with guys that didn't really know my backstory. And so I got to share my testimony. And it was like a pivotal summer for me to be about, you know, God's business and building his kingdom and playing the game that I loved. And then I went back my senior year and got after it, met some guys, uh, changed my playground, my playmates, as we say a lot around here, but still tried to minister the gospel to my teammates. And uh, slowly but surely, they started having more respect for what I was saying, but also the way I was living, and uh, started FCA on our college campus, started a baseball Bible study, and then God just really began to woo me into uh, what it would look like to be in full-time ministry. And I was like, no, I don't want that. So I fought against it for a long time, and finally he just said, hey, this is, this is the call I have on your life. So I did Young Life for a year, 
uh, FCA for a year. I even coached college baseball for a year. So I tried a few different <laughs> you tried things a few out. Different out avenues. And then helped a buddy of mine start a church in Granbury, Texas, out of all places. And then went up to Kansas City, started a young adult ministry, and then moved here to Dallas in the summer of 2014 to start working with the port. So you've been here a little while now. Yeah, almost five, well, four and a half years. Four and a half years. And you're married. You've got three kids now. Yep. Married to uh, my beautiful bride, Kathy. And we have three kids, seven, five, and two. So Camille seven, Isabella's five, and Caleb is two. Mm. Josiah, something I love about you is as you lead young adults, you bring them in to your family. Like you, I see on your Instagram, you've got those, you know, 30-something uh, team leads reading bedtime stories to your hey, kids. and Discipleship. I, I, I was just, awesome. I was just meeting with our team leads this morning, and we're just trying to figure out what does this, what is discipleship going to look like for us at the porch moving forward? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love what you just said, because that's true, but a, a verse that marks that is 1 Thessalonians 2.8, that they loved him so much, they not only share the gospel with them, but their very own life. So discipleship isn't just the transfer of knowledge from one man or woman to another. It's the transfer of your life from one man or woman to another. Mm. And I just so said, good. we got more truth than what we can obey. Yeah. <laughs> and so not, not that we don't need more truth, but we need to, you know, put people in, in, in places where they can begin to process that truth and live life with each other. And so I, I love just bringing people into what we're, what, I want, what we're already doing as a family and saying, jump into dinner or jump in, I'm going to Costco, you know, yeah. to get groceries or, you know, I'm going on the speaking engagement. And, mm-hmm. you know, so whatever I can do to bring people into my life or a bedtime story, as you said, uh, it's been super sweet to see God transform young adults through not only his truth, but life on life. I love it, Josiah. Well, I'm excited to hear you share some truth with us this morning as we take a look at Matthew 2, 7 through 12. And I know you've got... Two pretty killer observations as you and you and some of those guys that you're leading were talking about this passage. Y'all pulled out some excellent insights. And so hit us with the first one. What's the first thing that stood out that y'all noticed? What'd yeah, you for so I'll just start with the question then. The question is this, who is on the throne of your life? Hmm. And when I read this passage, Herod stood out to me. Now, let me give you- Of a all word. people, you're of going all, for the villain. I'm going for the villain, for sure. I mean, Herod means hero. He called himself Herod the Greater, the great hero, and his throne was being threatened when he found out that Jesus, the coming Messiah, was going to be born. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and he felt threatened. His kingship was being threatened, jealous, a rival, if you will. And uh, I was reading a commentary by Matthew Henry, out of all people. You ever read Matthew? Not, not often. Every, okay. every once in a while. All right. He's got a good commentary. He, yeah, he does. He and does. so this is what he says. He said, Herod began to be troubled with the dread of a rival. Hmm. He didn't understand the spiritual nature of the Messiah's kingdom. A man may be persuaded of many truths and yet may hate them hmm. because they interfere with his ambition or sinful indulgences. And that's what was happening here. I mean, Herod was being threatened from his kingship, by his kingship, and uh, they were interfering with his ambition, his throne, his position, all the power that he had at that time. And I was doing some research, and Herod would literally kill people in his own family. Wow. When he felt— That is crazy. I know. When he felt like his position as king was being threatened. That's, and so, that's like you, you're, Caleb's how old, your son? He's two. It's like you looking at little Caleb and— feeling so insecure yeah. that you'd want to take him out. You would never do that. Right. 
I know. And it goes on to say that he killed uh, male babies two years and under. Right, under. yeah. Be like, yeah. My, taking out my, my Your boy. boy, right? Yeah. And uh, and it's just crazy. And, and so the anxiety and paranoia mm-hmm. that comes when we try to hold tightly to a title and position that we don't even deserve in the first place. Yeah. And so who's sitting on the throne of your life? For me, it was it was pride was sitting on that throne. Uh, the party was sitting on that throne. Pleasure. I denied myself no pleasure. That was who I was before Christ. Sure. Um, and And so... I would always have to jockey for position anytime I felt like that was being threatened. And, and I would manipulate things and people to try to get what I wanted. You and, said a second ago, the anxiety and paranoia when we hold too tightly to the things of this world, to the titles we're trying to grasp, yeah. anything? Yeah. I, I think sometimes we, we forget where they come from. I think because we, we try to self-manufacture the, the title of the position, and we try to manipulate our way to get it. And so we think when we do that, it, it depends on us. Like, are you God-made or man-made? And, and so man-made people have to jockey for position and sure. manipulate yeah. things to get what they want. God-made people are like people who are faithful, and they work hard, mm-hmm. and they take advantage of the opportunities that they've been given, and they interview, and they, you know, put their name out there, and they— say, hey, this is what I think I'd be good at, whatever. But they don't manipulate the situation to get what they want. They, they, they trust God at the end of the day with their faithfulness. It's, it's like that show, How I Built This. Yeah. And the emphasis is on I, what I did. And the, the God-made person, to use your language, is saying, I recognize that I'm going to be faithful, mm-hmm. but God's the one who's going to open the doors, make the opportunities, That's right. secure my path. And in your words, the man-made person is like, I did this. Yeah. I, I worked my way through or I wormed my way through, whatever yeah. it, it may be. And so when your position is being threatened. Like Herod. You, like, like, like Herod. You, there's a lot of anxiety and paranoia that comes over you because you're not trusting that it was God that gave it to you. You're trusting, oh, no, I'm, I manipulated that situation or um, I did something unethical to get there. Yeah. But when you have been God-made— it's like, man, God gives and takes away. Every good and perfect gift is from Him. And so I can just rest in knowing that I'm, I'm a man of integrity, I'm a woman of integrity, and I just need to be faithful every day. And whether, it's, whether I get more or what I have is taken away, at the end of the day, I trust God. Yeah. And there's a peace so that good. marks your it's life. It's settling. It's settling. And, and, you, and you sleep well at night. One of my mentors used to say, it's, there's nothing better than going to bed with a clean conscience before mm-hmm. God and man. Mm-hmm. And so many of us, we can't go to bed with a clean no. conscience because of the sin that's so easily entangling our life. And, uh, and I think it's because of the initial question I asked, who is sitting on the throne of your life? And if Jesus isn't sitting on that throne in every area of your life, you're sure to to stumble at some point. Mm-hmm. I love it, Josiah. Thanks for being here. Hey, if you're listening and you have never made that choice to, through Jesus, go another way, our team would love to connect with you. Shoot us an email, join the journey at watermark.org. We'll put that info in the episode description. Uh, we would love to connect with you. Keep reading along with us this Advent season. You can do it. Josiah, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. It was a joy and an honor. You are so welcome. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. 
Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast. 